Hi, I'm Brett Robinson. Welcome to the Redeeming Hope Podcast, where we share biblical truths that'll give you real hope. What is real hope? It's a hope that is relevant, energizing, authentic, and linked to Jesus. Good morning. It's a great Sunday today, and I've got a word to encourage you. Brett has been sharing for the last few weeks on the power of hope, the rocket fuel that pro- that uh, provides the energy that our faith would soar. And I felt it's a great analogy, and I'm going to continue today and speak about how to protect your hope. If hope is the fuel that propels the rocket of our faith to great heights, then we need to protect our hope. Faith is the evidence and the assurance of things hoped for. So it's so vital that we then protect our hope so that our faith is the rocket ship that we see can be propelled because the rocket ship can stand there and we can claim to have faith, but if there isn't the energy and the power and the fuel to to, to set that, that rocket ship of faith into the heavenlies, then nothing will basically be achieved. So I love the analogy that it is, in other ways, it is the wood or the fuel that makes the fire of faith burn. So in other words, the more wood you put, you put into a fire, the more it burns. So our hope, in, in a sense then, is the wood of the fuel that makes the fire of faith burn. You know, faith is so important. Hebrew 11 talks about it. It says, um, talks about the power and the accomplishments of faith. And that's, it is essential to life. Uh, verse 6 of Hebrews says, Without faith, in fact, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So faith is so essential. And we often put our energy and our focus on the faith. But today we want to renew our energy into the importance of hope. But in verse 8 it says, By faith, Abraham obeyed God, left his country, was prepared to sacrifice his only son, believing that God was able to even restore him from the dead. It tells us in verse 33 that Gideon, Samson, David, Samuel, by faith, conquered kingdoms, received promises, stopped the mouths of lions. So yes, we we can understand that faith is so vital. And by faith, we conquer kingdoms. We receive promises. We, 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 We stand against the schemes of the enemy. Mouths of lions were stopped. But the important thing is that as powerful as faith is in accomplishing things in our lives and things that God wants us to do, without hope, it loses its fuel. So hopelessness then is the enemy of our faith. If hope is the fuel, hopelessness is the enemy of our faith. As we said, a fire needs constant feeding. We have to continually get more wood. If you ever put a big bonfire outside or you a braai outside, a barbecue, and you've used wood, you know that you've got to continually feed that fire with wood. So you get up off your chair, go and find another log, put another log in, there goes, there's the fuel, and there goes the fire burning again. So hope needs constant feeding as well. We've got to continue to go and get another log of hope. Why? Because you see, the thing is, our hope tends to leak. Our hope wanes. Why? Because we engage in disappointments. You know, people let us down, don't fulfill our expectations. 
Uh, we don't accomplish certain things we want to accomplish. So we get disappointed. Now, disappointment, if it runs its course and remains in our life for a period of time, it starts leaking your hope. Frustrations cause your hope to leak. Waiting and waiting and waiting in a sense for something to happen but never happens will cause your faith to leak. Fear causes your faith, your hope to leak because you don't think this thing's going to happen anymore. Media, of course, causes our hope to, to leak because it's telling us, no, things are not good, things are bad, you know. Um, and so if we listen to the media long enough, our hope seems to dwindle. Hebrews 10 to verse 23 says, Therefore let us hold fast to the confession of our hope. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope. What does that mean? To hold fast. It means to seize and to hold tightly. To never let go. Without wavering. To stand firm and resolute. Why? Because it says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope because God is faithful. Because God is faithful. So we're not holding forth fast to just, um, you know, a hope that has got no substance. We're holding fast to a hope because God is faithful. Therefore, we seize it. We hold tightly. We never let go to the hope that God has placed within us. I can imagine the picture of a mountain climber. You see these guys climbing up mountains. They don't use ropes. Free climbing, it's called. And uh, they're hanging on with their fingers. They're hanging on with their toes. They're hanging on with every single ounce of energy that they have. They can't let go one hand or one arm or one foot, never mind both hands, and just think, I can't hold on anymore. They have to keep holding on to that mountain. They have to keep clinging to that mountain. And that is what I'm saying. Seize, hold tightly, never let go. Stand firm and resolute in the hope that God is, has given you. And it says, hold fast to the confession. So it's not just the hope, but it's the declaration of your hope, the confession. I'm hoping this because of what God has said. So it's the confession of your hope. Romans 4, 18 says, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. You see, sometimes the facts say there's no reason for hope. Don't be ridiculous. How can you keep on hoping for this thing? The reality is the facts are there's, you know, it's not going to happen. The circumstance, just look around. There is no chance. Abraham, it says in Romans 4, 18, says his body was as good as dead. Sarah was barren. And in fact, well over 90. So there was no reason for hope. Yet it says, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. Believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. So here's the key, you see. God had said to him. That's the confession of his hope. Father, I thank you that you have said to me, this will happen in my family. This will happen in my, with my children. This will happen in my, my, my business. This will happen in our ministry, in my health, whatever it is. God had said to him, what is God's word to you? So how then do we strengthen our hope? How do we um, encourage our hope? How do we build our hope up? Well, in Isaiah um, chapter 40, verse 29 to 31, there's a powerful verse. It says, um, Have you not known? 
Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. Sometimes we faint and grow weary, but it says God does not. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Well, that's encouraging. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But, yet it comes, those who what? Those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. Goes on to say, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. And so here's the key. What does that wait mean? Well, if you go and study that word, it actually means those who hope in. Those who hope in fervently. Those who trust in totally. Those who remain in readiness for God to move. It means to passionately seek God. To have a confident expectation that God is going to move. It is a confident to pursue God. You see, it's not passive. Waiting is not passive. Waiting, in this sense, is active. In fact, let me say this to you. Waiting is the working out of hope. Waiting is the working out of hope as we trust in, as we passionately seek, as we have confidence in, as a confident expectation, as we pursue actively, not passively. Then if we do that, it says, our hope will be strengthened. Those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. There are times when you've been waiting and pressing things and expecting and you're getting tired and, 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 and you don't see a future like Abraham. Yet it says you continue to stand. And then it says you will gain new strength and your power will be renewed. I love it what it says in the message. It says they will lift up their wings and rise up close to God like eagles rising towards the sun. They will lift up their wings. Now, that's the wings of hope. When your hope is restored, your wings will rise up like eagles and you'll be lifted close to God. Let me quickly tell you the story of Peter, the hopeless fisherman. Peter had been fishing all night and um, tells us here that they came back to shore and they were standing on the shore. And, and while they were doing that, um, Jesus arrives in, um, in Luke chapter 5 and from verse 3 and he he, he comes in because in the, because the people were pressing into Jesus to hear his word and he saw two boats by the by the lake but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets they were done for the night getting into one of the boats which was Simon's he asked him to put out a little from the shore and he sat down in the boat and taught the people from the boat and when he had ceased speaking he said to Simon Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now, here we have the situation of Peter. He'd been fishing all night. Maybe it was the, first, the second, third, fourth. In fact, I, I think if I remember a scene from The Chosen, you know, it shows it, it just had been a month and Peter had continually gone out and not caught. But anyway, story just tells us about this one night. And still, after a whole night of fishing, he was exhausted. There was no fish. You know, absolutely, 
wrong time, wrong season, wrong t- time of the month, whatever it was. But um, Jesus gets into one of the boats, gets in the one belonged to Simon, it says, and asking him to put a little bit, a little way out from the shore. Then he sat down and he taught the crowds from the boat. Now, you see, the word came. He was tired. He was exhausted. But the word came and Jesus taught the word. We need to embrace. You see, that's what I said earlier. We need to pursue. We need to passionately pursue. We need to have an expectation. And as the word was being preached by Jesus, it says he was obviously his hope was being renewed. We need to embrace the word. When he had finished speaking, he says to Simon, put out into the deep water and let your nets down. Now the circumstance and the reality, you know, Peter was the fisherman. He could have said to Jesus, listen, I've been fishing, not just this night, but the, you know, for many, many nights, and there are no more fish out there. Okay. But Simon answers him, Master, we have worked all night long. We're tired, we're exhausted, and have caught nothing. Do you hear the frustration? Do you hear the hopelessness in his words? Ever been in that place? You've given all your time, all your energy, maybe your finances, you're tired and nothing's happened. You've caught nothing. You know, your financial situation is not turned around. Your health situation is not turned around. And um, so you've got all the facts. The facts are there, black and white. And that's where we've got to go beyond the facts and into the supernatural, beyond the facts. This is where the second key to upholding and strengthening your faith comes in. And that is the word obey. We have to obey. But because Peter says to him, yet if you say so, Lord, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boats to come and help them. They came and filled both boats so that both boats began to sink. Now I want to say this. This was a net-breaking catch. This was a net-breaking harvest, a net-breaking blessing. You know, they could not contain it. Why? Because, number one, they had waited on the Lord. They had heard the word. They'd taken the word. They'd embraced it into their hearts. They'd stood fervently, passionately, resolute. It tells us that Abraham was um, unwavering, unwavering in his hope in the Lord. And here is Peter doing the same thing. He hears the word, he waits on the Lord, he embraces it into his life and he obeys. And he has this net-breaking catch. As I said, Hebrews 10 says, hold fast to the confession of your hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. Because God is faithful, we can hold on. We can hold tightly. We never let go. We have this confident expectation and then our spirit is renewed. We rise up like eagles by the power of the Holy Spirit. We saturate ourselves in the word and we obey. I want to tell you a powerful little story about hope, about a little girl, a six-year-old girl called Hattie May. She lived in Philadelphia and attended the Grace Baptist Church in Philadelphia. The Sunday school was very crowded, and the minister, Russell Conwell, told her that one day they would have buildings big enough to allow everybody to attend. She said, I hope you will. 
It is so crowded, I'm afraid to go there alone. He replied, when we get the money, we will construct one large enough to get all the children in to the building. Two years later, in 1886, Hattie May died. After the funeral, Hattie May's mother gave the minister a little bag they had found under their daughter's pillow containing 57 cents in change that she had saved up. Alongside it was a note in her handwriting to help build a bigger Sunday school that more children could attend. The minister changed all the money into pennies and offered each one for sale. He received $250 and 54 of the cents were given back. The $250 was itself changed into pennies and sold by the newly formed Matty Weight Society. In this way, her 57 cents kept on multiplying. 26 years later, in a talk entitled The History of the 57 Cents, the minister explained the results of her 57 cent donation. A church with a membership of over 5,600 people. A hospital where tens of thousands of people had been treated. 80,000 young people going through university that had been built. 2,000 people going out to preach the gospel. All this happened because Hattie May invested her 57 cents of hope into this church. I encourage you today, wait on the Lord. Pursue, stand resolutely. Doesn't matter what the facts look like. 57 cents is never going to build a hospital, a university, and a huge church. We don't look at the facts. We look at what God has told us to do. We encourage our hope. We fire up our hope. We put it onto the fuel, in, into the fuel of our rocket ship of faith. And God adds power to that. And the impossible becomes possible. Hold on. Obey and walk in the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit. I trust this has encouraged you today and that this day and this week you will walk in that renewed hope, fired up faith, and that God will give you the desires of your heart and you will accomplish God's purpose and destiny for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. I pray that the message of God's Word will build your faith and develop a hope that is so strong it's like an anchor for your soul. Go ahead and subscribe and why not share the message with a friend?